Matthew chapter six, verses nineteen to thirty-four. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness! No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air; they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow; they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, so do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear?" For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of God. Is this okay? Yeah, good. Great. Yeah, welcome. Also from me, it's great to see so many people here. We had such a wonderful time yesterday, and it's great that、uh, many of us have joined us today as well. Yeah, we've been thinking about discipleship,、um, which we want a little bit to be our church vision. Well, a little bit. <laughs> we want、uh, to be disciples who make disciples. If you weren't here yesterday,、uh, it's good that you、uh, you have this. Hopefully, today we're on page twenty-four,、uh, but I, I made quite detailed handouts so that you can look it through and maybe you can just listen online as well,、uh, because we、uh, hopefully they re- they should have been recorded, they'll be uploaded. You can follow it with this booklet because we want all of us to to have this vision. What did we see? We spent、uh, time in Ephesians、uh, looking at、uh, the big picture. I mean, why make disciples? Of course, Jesus commands it.、Eh? He says, "Go and make disciples." Well, we we should obey. But we we started with the, the big picture of what God is doing. He's bringing everything under the rule of Christ, everything together.、Eh? This world, this universe is broken, sinful, hostile, fighting, and and Jesus is bringing it all together under Him.、Uh, that's a wonderful thing to be part of as a Christian, right? That we're They're united under Christ, but where do we see that? We see that in the church. The church is 
at the, the tip of the iceberg. It's where we see what God is doing. God is bringing everything together under Christ. And, and that is here. Look at all these different people from all over the world together under the rule of Christ. You don't see that anywhere else, isn't it? Uh, in the world. In the local church. And that's why the, the church is so much at the heart of God's plan. This is what shows his glory. This is what shows that God is doing. And so what we should be doing is growing the church, right? Making the church grow in, in breadth as more people are saved and added to it. And growing as a church in maturity and unity as we become more and more like Christ together. That is the vision. Uh, the, the church that grows all the way up into Christ. It's a great vision. And, and that is what making disciples is about. That together yeah, that we, we help build the church. We make disciples. Disciples are just a learner. A learner of Christ. We want to learn Christ. We want to follow him, become like him. And we want others to do the same. So that together we, we grow up. That is what God is doing. It's a wonderful thing to be part of that. I mean, do you want to be under Lee Kai-shing or under Jesus? Under Jesus, right? Yeah? Great. It's, it's good to... Jesus is the most wonderful king there is. Uh, bringing everything together under him is the, the best thing in the world, in the universe. That is what you're part of as a Christian, all by grace, because you were a dead sinner beforehand. Uh, that was talk one. Talk two, how did we, how do we do that? How do we make disciples? Well, in a way, God does it through his word, but it, it happens through others. We need to be active in bringing God's truth to people. And the phrase we use is speaking the truth in love. We, we speak it, so it's to others. We want to encourage them, build them up. Uh, bring God's truth to them. Uh, we do that to each other as we help each other grow. We do it to those on the outside. Uh, we uh, want to see people younger than us grow up. We just want to be speaking the word of God to as many people as possible. Uh, we do that maybe just in conversations. We do it in our links groups. Uh, we want to promote one-to-ones. Uh, that's a, a great way to just have the word and people together as two Christians meet uh, around the Bible just half an hour somewhere on your lunch break uh, it can be done in so many ways which is why we then had these seminars of how to do it at work how to do it uh, at home in church because this is something for everyone uh, Jesus wants everyone to make disciples Ephesians says uh, if when every part does its work and so we, we haven't even finished yet. We're going to do some training in two weeks' time. So next week is the walkathon. Uh, the week after that, we're doing one-on-one, one-to-one training for two weeks, uh, twice uh, during each service, because we want you to be equipped to go and do this. We want the church to to grow like Christ, and that happens as we meet uh, above the word, uh, sorry, under the word. So that's what we want to do. So yeah. Um, if you want to do this, if you've been thinking yesterday, yeah, I want to do more one-to-ones, 6 and 13 November training. But the question is, what shall we do today? Because quite a lot of you weren't there yesterday, and I can't really build on it, which is why I want to do something slightly different. I, I want to motivate us. I want us to address some of the fears and concerns we have. Because, um, well, here are some of the pictures I used. I mean, discipleship, making disciples, it's, it's a big thing. And it's, it's the heart of what we should do. It's the heart of our life. I mean, it's the heart of what God is doing, right? And so most of us, we usually we think of our life like this. 
I can't see it, but I assume there. Yeah, and this is our life, work, family, and rest, and chores, and church. And then we think of making disciples as something that kind of we have to fit in somewhere. That's not the picture. I mean, being a disciple is about obeying Jesus in every area of life. So this is discipleship. It is, it's not something that fits in with the rest of your life, but the rest of your life has to fit in with being a disciple of Christ. That's the vision. And making disciples, that's how we, yeah, how we become disciples, that should be at the heart of it. We need to make space for it. But if you hear this, if you see this, it's a big ask, isn't it? Jesus asked us to, to throw our life around, to have being his follower permeate everything that we do. And that can be scary, right? And maybe you think, well, is that worth it? Yeah, I, I need to do it, but do, do, do you want to do that? And, and, and can you do that? And that is why I want to look at this great passage from the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, is, of course, is about being a disciple. It's about being a follower of Jesus. So, and these are some of the things that Jesus will answer in this passage, which is why I think this is such a helpful thing to look at. So if you have closed your Bibles, open them again, uh, Matthew chapter 6. Today we'll be much more going through a passage than yesterday, so... Uh, good for a Sunday service but in this passage yeah it is about uh, halfway on page 24 this is about focus your life on God's kingdom that's why we sing let your kingdom come focus your life on God's kingdom all through the passage in the reading you've heard there's these well either this one or that one Uh, there's a contrast you you have treasure on earth or treasure in heaven You have an eye that's healthy or an eye that's unhealthy. You have uh, two masters, God or money, and you seek food and drink and clothes, or you seek uh, the kingdom of God, right? You've heard that. It's it's one or or the other. And, of course, what does Jesus want you to do? Well, seek the kingdom, store up treasure in heaven, serve God. It's obvious what he wants to do, but he wants you to, to make the choice and focus on on God, on, on the kingdom of God. Now, some of this seems rather weird. My guess is treasure in heaven. Do, do you think of getting treasure in heaven? I guess most of us don't think about that, isn't it? And we wonder, well, what, what is that? Uh, how do, what, what is it? How do you get it? Well, first of all, how do you get it? And why I think this is relevant to discipleship. Well, treasure, I I think it's just related to the reward. Jesus talks a lot about rewards. He goes around and says, you're going to get a reward for this. And, uh, yeah, I think sometimes giving to the poor. Sometimes he says you get treasure in heaven. Sometimes he says you get a reward. I think they're related. But, But what is Jesus talking about? How do you store up treasure in heaven? I think it's just being a disciple. And so he says, blessed are you when people hate you and persecute you for my name's sake rejoice in that day for your reward is great in heaven so you stand up for jesus and people hate you you're going to get a reward but that's being a disciple isn't it uh, matthew 5 46 um, if you love those who love you what good is that 
Don't even the pagans do the same? What reward do you have, Jesus says. You don't get a reward for just loving your friends. That's what everyone else does. If you love your enemies, by implication, you get a reward, right? Following Jesus is rewarding. Obeying Jesus, he says, is rewarding. You get treasure in heaven, you get a reward for following Jesus, for being a disciple. Or if you give in secret rather than to show how uh, wonderful you are. Or if you serve other people, right? Uh, If you give a cup of water to someone because he belongs to Christ, you will not lose your reward. Just being a disciple is rewarding, Jesus said. And I think that is what he means with store up treasure in heaven. But it's also making disciples. I mean, Paul talks about, eh? Uh, he planted, Apollos watered, uh, but God used both, and they both get a reward. Uh, helping the church grow is rewarding. Uh, Jesus talks about the laborer receiving wages for eternal life as he goes and preaches the gospel to people, and people come to faith. And, uh, making disciples apparently is also rewarding, and some of that is, of course, tied to the fact that you know making disciples brings a change in heaven isn't it if you tell the gospel to your colleague and you start reading the bible with them and they become a christian or you have there's someone there in heaven who wouldn't be there otherwise isn't it and so paul says in a to the thessalonians you are our glory and our joy and for paul seeing the thessalonians there is glory, is joy for him. So in that sense, you can see that they're related. Uh, making disciples, being disciples, it, uh, yeah, it brings treasure. Now, what kind of thing? I don't think we should uh, think just of a pile of money. Is that a pile of money? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you think, yes, I'm going to serve God so that I have all this money and I'm sitting there. I've, I don't think that's the picture. The reward is God himself. It's God-centered. You're going to, I don't know, maybe some people will experience God more than others. It's going to be great for everyone. But Jesus says, you know, store up treasure in heaven. Uh, Store up reward. That is what uh, Jesus says. And so it's about being a disciple, making a disciple. Sometimes it's the things that you do. But I guess it also will be how you do things. Or why you do things. I mean, how do we store up treasure on earth? How do we earn money? I guess by work. But sometimes how do we, how are we disciples? How do we want to serve God through work? So the same thing can lead to either treasure, right? So your job, why do you do your job? Do you do it just uh, because, you know, I, uh, I want to get rich, I want to get a good career, I need all the money to live here in Hong Kong? Is that why you do it? Or do you work because you want to be a disciple? You want to serve God? You want to love your neighbor? Uh, you want to... <laughs> yeah? Can you, can you see the difference? It's, a, it's about priorities. Why do you do things? What is your goal? Sometimes it's in what you do, sometimes just in why you do the things that you do. But that's why I wanted to talk about this passage. This is about discipleship. Yeah? Uh, Jesus says we should be well, being disciples and making disciples rather than the things of this world. Rather than, I don't know, uh, yeah, earning money. 
having a lot of it, uh, having a great career, having a good reputation uh, for our kids, the best grades, and playing free musical instruments and getting to the best university, and eh, right? Treasure on earth, treasure in heaven, yeah, reward with Jesus later. Treasure on earth, well, the things of this world. But why? Why should we be focusing on that and not on the things here? Well, page 25.1, we should make discipleship central. (laughs) We should seek the kingdom. We should uh, store up treasure in heaven. And why? First of all, 1A, God's priorities have lasting value. God's priorities have lasting value. Let me read verses 19 and 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Uh, He says one treasure is temporary, and the other thing is lasting. I guess uh, moths and vermin, I guess if you buy uh, nice expensive clothes, and I guess we don't have many moths here, but you, you forget to turn on the dehumidifier, it all gets moldy in February. Well, that's your expensive clothes gone. Uh, thieves. People worry so much about security here. Yeah, but, but right, your stuff gets stolen. Uh, your money uh, gets deflated. Um, things break, your latest smartphone. Things in this world are temporary. And even the things that we think, well, they're not like that. In a way, everything's temporary, isn't it? Because you're going to die. The wonderful house you live in Well, you're not going to live in it anymore one day because you'll die. Uh, The wonderful uh, wife that you've been praying for and looking for, one day you won't be married anymore because either she dies or you die. Isn't it? Marriage is temporary. Your kids can have wonderful grades, but when Jesus comes back, he's not going to ask what grades they have. Doesn't he? All these things is just temporary. We, 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 we attach so much value, but they don't last. On the other hand, treasure in heaven, and there's no moths, no vermin, it does last. Right? The reward you get uh, in heaven, the reward of being with Jesus, uh, whatever that will look like, it will last. It will last forever. Uh, the, 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 the joy and glory of being with the people who God has used you to save forever that that will last right Uh, the way we love our neighbors the way we have honored God in this life the way we've stood up for Jesus the way we've had integrity at work the way we have uh, helped uh, the poor (laughs) that will last the other stuff doesn't and so the choice is easy why invest in something that doesn't last we we never do that people think well don't buy a house now the housing market will crash we, we know that. We have this instinct. Don't do something that you know is not going to last. But Jesus says that means do the things that will have eternal lasting value. Being disciples. Making disciples. Not the stuff here. Uh, I mean, uh, this is a game called Monopoly Deal. Uh, friends gave it to us. Uh, I've been playing it with the kids. And it's nice because you get all this money, isn't it? Uh, all these cards, this is uh, 2 million, 1 million, 5 million. 
It, it's wonderful money, isn't it? The only thing is, 20 minutes later, it's useless. And if I then go to the 7-Eleven with my 5 million, yeah, that, that, that's what we think. We, uh, yeah, that this money is useless. On the other hand, yeah, here I have the real money. What is it? Uh, and then we think, this is so lasting. Yeah, uh, 100 Hong Kong dollars. Uh, this is Actually, Jesus says, this is like monopoly money. A yeah, hundred years later, this is worthless. Why invest in this when a hundred years later it's just worthless? Store up treasure in heaven, Jesus says. It will last. It's very simple. That's, that's the first. And we should do things that have eternal value, Jesus says. I, I hope you see the point. Maybe you have questions. What kind of things? I mean, you know, read the Bible, work it through together. What are the things that have eternal value? But I hope you see the principle. Do stuff that has eternal value. And you, yeah, you'd be stupid to invest in things that won't last. The second thing Jesus says, I won't be spending too much time on it. You know, God's priorities are safe. Because Jesus doesn't stop there. He says a few things about our priorities, the focus of our life. That suggests it, it's safe. So um, this stuff about treasure, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The thing is, the, the treasure, the things that you prioritize, the things that you focus on, they will capture your heart. So will your heart be focused on, on God and his kingdom? Or will your heart be focused on this world? Because most of us would, would say, no, our heart, uh, who we are, our control center, that should be focused on God. But Jesus says, look, if, if you're focused on, on money and grades and all that stuff, it will, your heart will be drawn to this world and it will leave God. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Yeah, like, like, like a magnet. <laughs> Something, it, it draws you in. Like, like reading a book, it draws you in. And <laughs> Therefore, don't focus, in a way, on this world. You, you will be drawn to this world. If you think it's all about this, yeah, you, you will forget about the kingdom of God. And your priorities, it's, uh, it has a big impact. So 22 and 23, slightly weird verses. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? It's a simple picture, the eye is like a kind of hole and the light comes in and your body will be light on the inside through your eyes and of course then yeah, if your eye is good, you get good light, if your eye is bad bad light, but the principle is that one thing affects everything else and in context I think that is, well, if you store up treasure in, in heaven or on earth that will affect everything about your life I mean, think about it. If you're focused on getting rich, what will that affect? Well, so in the morning, what do you want to look at? Do you want to look at your Bible or look at the stock market? And when you walk to work, will you thinking, be thinking about this project that you're doing or about discipleship? What kind of friends do you want to have? Do you want to have ambitious people like you with whom you can network? Do you want Christian friends who can encourage you? How do you see your colleagues? 
Do you see them as lost sinners going to hell? Or do you see them as rivals for your promotion? Uh, everything in life suddenly becomes colored. Just because you are focused on this, this one thing, treasure on earth. And yeah, that's, that, that sounds dangerous, right? You, you focus on, and then just trying to get rich, but it will affect everything in your life. And ultimately, you can't, you can't have two things. No one can serve two masters, verse 24. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The thing is, God is a, is a master. God wants your whole life. And if you want to get rich, that's going to affect your whole life. And so you have conflict. It's not going to work. Uh, you, someone asks you to help at church, but you, you want to spend more time on the stock market. Conflict. Uh, you, you, you want to... I know, you, you, you know you need to tell the gospel to people, but you want to be seen as a, as a good uh, worker and who doesn't interfere with other people. There's conflict. Constantly conflict, and one is going to win. And who is that going to be? So God, Jesus says, look, focus on discipleship. Focus on, <laughs> on God, on the kingdom, because that is, it's safe. It means you won't get drawn into this world, and, and, and God will lose out. And that means you will lose out because you will, you'll lose your focus. Right? God's priorities, well, they have lasting value, they're safe. And so Jesus expects, letter C, active investment. I mean, the command is store up for yourselves. And that's not a, not a one-off thing. That is keep storing up. And the same at, in verse 33. Uh, Seek first his kingdom. That's, that's a, a continuous thing. Keep seeking the kingdom. And sometimes we talk about uh, a seeker-sensitive service. And a seeker is someone who is not a Christian. And I guess then when they become a Christian, they, they, they're a finder. They're not, no longer a seeker. But no, Jesus says, he addresses disciples. And he says, you should keep seeking the kingdom. Keep focusing on the kingdom. Uh, active investment. When, if, right, if, you're sto- if you're trying to get rich, you will constantly do that. I know some people, they... Uh, they want to, uh, I know they, they want to retire soon. So they're, how can I earn money here, there, everywhere? But we should be thinking, how can I store up treasure in heaven, here, there, everywhere? How can I make more disciples? How can I obey Jesus more? I mean, if it's rewarding, that's what we should be doing, right? Hey, it, it's not like a one-off thing. I've become a Christian. I've got my ticket. I put it in my, to- my pocket, and I go and enjoy myself. That's not the Christian life. Jesus says, active investment. So yeah, suddenly you're focusing on your job, focusing on your kids' grades and school. Uh, Yeah, it should become less important, isn't it? I hope you get this point, but my guess is you will fear a bit afraid. To say, okay, I'm going to ignore my job, ignore school. And that's the fear we now have. Yes, okay, I want, I'd love to spend time discipling my kids. That's, I see that's the most important. Yeah, but they still need to do their homework, right? Aren't they going to miss out? Aren't they going to kind of fail and, and end up poor in the gutter because I've discipled them? Or my job, okay, I want to have integrity and... That's risky, isn't it? I don't know. You, you, everyone else is dishonest, but you're honest. So your project is less competitive. 
and your company will make less money and you may get fired. It, it feels very risky, isn't it? C can I do this? Can I really be a disciple? Can I really obey Jesus and mm, yeah, focus less on this world? And that's why Jesus goes into verse 25 to 34 on the next page, page 26. Well, we can make discipleship central. We can do it. Because the next thing Jesus says is, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. He says, don't worry. Now, I guess most of us, we look at this passage in isolation, and then you get uh, this kind of idea, eh? hakuna matata, no worries. But that's not what Jesus means. He doesn't say, you don't worry about these things, just relax. What is Jesus' application? Look at verse 32 and 33. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, don't worry about these things. You focus on the kingdom. That's the application, not relax, no. Focus on the kingdom. Be a disciple. Because you don't have to worry about these other things. You don't have to worry about food and drink and clothes. Or in this case, jobs and, and schools and that kind of stuff. That is what Jesus is saying. And why? Well, the big reason, you, you can trust your father. You can trust your father. Constantly he says, your father in heaven, your father. I mean, that's what we believe, right? I believe in God, the Father Almighty. He is our Father, and He is Almighty. And the, God, the Creator of the universe is your Father, and fathers, well, they care for their children. As my kids, fathers care for their children. And can God care for you? Well, He's Almighty, right? He's the Creator. That is what Jesus goes for. Look at what kind of Father you have. Uh, look, <laughs> don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not for end of verse 25. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I think what he means is that uh, it's not that uh, they're more important, that they're greater. In that, look, a body is much more than clothes. And who gave you your body? Well, God, right? God gave you life, God gave you a body. I mean, how, how amazing is the human body? I don't know if you ever thought about that. Uh, maybe as a parent you know that from this one tiny cell comes a complete human being uh, with uh, all these blood cells and uh, muscles and everything with a brain. Uh, we have kids who are now learning five languages. The human body is amazing. And Jesus says, look, isn't the body more than clothes? If God can give you a body, do you think that he can't give you clothes? That he forgot about clothes? That when he made you without a fur coat, that's... Oh, that he forgot that you need clothes. When he gave you life and made you so that you needed food, do you think that he forgot that? That you, that you think that he won't give you food? Look, he gave you life. Surely he can give you food. And then he gives some examples. Uh, look at the birds of the air. Verse 26. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And the birds, they don't worry. 
they don't uh, have a big box of worms where they put them all for tomorrow because just, God just feeds them. And of course, they don't just lie in their nest and the worm drops from heaven. They still go out and look for them, which means you still need to have a job and, and, and do your homework, of course. And it doesn't mean that God provides through these things, but they don't worry. They're not distracted by it. They're not anxiously just m- focused on worms because God cares for them. Yeah, and are you not more, much more valuable than they? Look, they're just birds. You are in the image of God and you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Surely God cares a lot more about you. I mean, come on, if he gave Jesus up for you, do you think that he can also give you cornflakes? Of course. Yeah. God cares about you more than about the birds. If he feeds the birds, how much more will he care about you? And then later, yeah, the flowers. Look at the flowers, so beautiful. It's nice to be here in nature. God clothes all the flowers. Won't he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. On the other hand, yeah, he sovereignly cares for you. But, I mean, <laughs> I love verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? At the same time, you don't control anything. I mean, surely what's, uh, your, how your kids turn out, partly that's just God's decision, right? You can't change that. <laughs> You're not in charge. Uh, whether you keep your job or not, it's in God's hands. If he has decided that you will stay, you will stay. You, you are not in control. Why, why worry? Do what you're supposed to do and, and don't worry. <laughs> yeah? Because that's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah? Look, if God is like this, if your father is like this, verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. But your heavenly father knows that you need them. Yes, the people around you in Hong Kong, they run after these things. They are obsessed with their jobs and their grades and their homework. Yeah, they are. Why? Because they have no father. They have no one who cares for them. They need to do it themselves. You are a Christian. You have a father. God Almighty is your father. And that, that should change how you live, right? God is your father, so don't worry about these things like a, you know, like a pagan. You don't have to worry. And so, Jesus says, get on with seeking the kingdom. Yeah? If, your fa- if you know that your father knows that you need these things, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God will take care of it. Don't worry. God will take care of it. You get on with seeking the kingdom, with making disciples, with discipleship. Like I said, it doesn't, the worms, they still come out of their nest. It doesn't mean just drop everything and drop your job and uh, full-time tell people the gospel. It doesn't mean that. Eh? Birds still look for food. You still have a job, but you don't worry about it. You don't have to focus on it. Your priority in life can be discipleship, and God will look after the rest. And what does that look like? What does it look like to prioritize the kingdom? And what does it look like not to worry but trust? Let me, let me give a negative example first. So a friend of mine, um, he was a lawyer in the city of London. And then there was the financial crisis. And they were going to lay off 10% of people. So what did he do? So basically he stopped everything. 
he stopped going to small group and he every evening he would stay in his office with a lot of files on his desk typing away on his computer trying to look busy and his hope was well hopefully people will notice me and they won't fire me that and he was trying to save his job but basically he was worrying right he wasn't trusting i mean do you think well, what does god want you to do to go to a small group and encourage your friends or to try and save your job god can do that do you think that uh, just because i don't I'm, I, i'm not behind my desk one evening uh, god goes no no you're gonna lose your job god can make you keep your job you don't have to worry about that you can you can go one evening to church right he just he, he put god in the fridge uh, while he tried to save his job actually you know god can do that and maybe you sometimes think oh if i do this what about my job well, may i lose it well look god is in control god does say keep meeting together he doesn't say spend every evening at work i mean there's wisdom there so, i mean you have a demanding job it takes time doesn't mean you should be lazy and yet you don't have to worry about it and you can go home sometimes and do church stuff you can you can uh, go and meet someone in your lunch break you can invite someone to christianity explored because god is in charge he knows you need a job he'll make sure either that you keep it or that he provides for you another way if you lose it god is in charge he knows you need a job he knows you need money don't worry now it doesn't mean don't be wise yeah, i don't saying you start a new job tomorrow the first thing i do every colleague do you want to read the bible with me do you want to read the bible i'm not saying that you're you're a normal person but don't worry don't worry get on with seeking the kingdom have discipleship as your priority uh, it means you can put god first uh, like like i said uh, should you cheat uh, at work uh, if your boss asks you to i mean it's a very simple yes no thing eh? the bible says do not defraud you shouldn't cheat but yeah that that brings all these worries what if my boss then fires me what if he allows me but the project is not very competitive and it doesn't happen and and then i get fired you have these worries look god is in charge god can make you keep your job god can make things go well you're you just go and obey and and trust him to sort it out that is what jesus says go on with seeking the kingdom and you, you can put god first that's what he says or yeah uh, homework i mean sometimes it isn't yes and no it, the bible doesn't say how much homework uh, and so there there's a there's a wisdom thing there but at the same time you can spend time reading the bible with your kids and you're worried oh should i get them more after school clubs shouldn't i let them do more homework just in case well look God will look after your kids. They'll turn out okay because God loves them. Yeah? You don't need to worry about those things. I I have friends of mine. They they live in a poor part of London because they 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 speak a language that they want to reach out to a certain people group. But it's got the worst schools in the country in the UK. And people think, "Well, why are you doing that for your kids?" Yeah? But they just trust God, you know. Look, God wants us to go and make disciples. We want to reach these people. 
yes, the schools aren't great, but we trust God that he will look after our kids, that 15 years later it's not that God says, oh, why did you do that? Why did you go and make disciples when you should have put your kids in a good school? And there's nothing wrong with a good school, but you don't have to worry about it. If, if you ignore discipleship because you're so worried about your kids, then you've forgotten that God is your father. He loves you. He loves your kids. Go and make disciples. And that, that is what Jesus is saying. It's liberating. Jesus wants us to be free. I hope you want to make disciples. I hope you want to be a disciple. Like what we just said, it's rewarding. It's much better to be involved in discipleship than in uh, other things. And Jesus now says, look, you can do it. You're free. And you have to work out what it looks like in your situation. You have to still do your job but not obsess about it. Uh, what does that look like? But you can do it, Jesus says. Uh, so that, that's what I want to say. Yeah, Yesterday we talked about discipleship, making disciples. It's important. We want to do it. You can do it. All of us. We can do it. You're free. You're liberated. Because God will look after everything else. We can just get on with being and making disciples. Why don't we take a minute to reflect. And then I'll pray and then we sing a song. Pray. Thank you, Lord God, that you are our Father. Thank you that you care for every part of your creation. As the children learned yesterday, thank you that you care even more about us, that you sent your precious Son to die, to take the punishment for our sins, to make us yours. Thank you that we can be assured of your love for us and your care for us. Father, as we consider discipleship, as we consider yeah, living our whole life for you, Help us to rest in your love, rest in your care. To know that you will look after us. You will take care of everything else. We can just focus on you in being and making disciples. Father, please convince us of these truths. Uh, convince us of your love. Consist us of your, uh, your fatherhood. Convince us of your immeasurably great power. Uh, of your control of all things in heaven on earth. We need these truths. We need to encourage each other with those truths. But then we need to take them and live for you. Father, please do that work in, in each of our hearts. No matter where we are at our, in our Christian lives. Father, you, you use our church for your glory as we, uh, yeah, as we have this vision and, and go out to serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen.